0: Hello everybody, welcome back to your Hard in the Pain podcast, the NBA podcast where we ask the hard questions about the NBA. I'm your host Matt and again joined by Michael today on this May 13th, episode number 47. A lot of of fun things went on yesterday, particularly two game sevens as well as another game seven happened uh, since the last time that we spoke. So uh, great conference finals matchups. That are about to go down as soon as Tuesday night. As well as the NBA Pick'em's Lottery is tomorrow night. So we'll get to see who is the lucky pair for Zion Williamson. As well as um, a couple other fun things sprinkled throughout. But before we get to that, we would love to give a special shout out to our in the Paint sponsor for this episode of the podcast, and that is Lay's. Now, you might know Lay's for their potato chips, but have you had their Stacks original brand Pringles knockoff crispy uh, chips? And I got to say, these are actually incredible. an important di- differential between the Lay's Stacks and the Pringles chips is uh, Lay's are actually gluten-free, too, on top of that. Gives you a nice a potato-y crunch, as well as just a little bit of salt to get you through the day. I've noticed they aren't as greasy or as salty as the competitors, so I actually really appreciate what Lays offers here with their Stacks varieties. Of course, you have all sorts of flavors to choose from, but I appreciate just the good old original variety. Head on over to Lays.com for promo code NBA to get 10% off your first order of stacks. And with that, let's just hop right into... Yesterday, uh, a lot of things went on yesterday. Why don't we start with the second best game winner of the playoffs so far? Maybe the first best. Uh, so Philly and Toronto had a amazing Game 7 at home for Toronto being the higher seed. And boy, was that a nail-biter. Wow. It was a little hard to watch at times, but it went down 90-90. to 90. Final score, 92. Kawhi hits a fading off the sideline, hand in the face, bounces off the rim four times, but goes down to seal Toronto's Eastern Conference playoff berth since 2001. So, Michael, what is your – did you watch this game? What, what, what did
1: you think about it? I did, and I was very tempted to not watch the last quarter of that game. Uh, in order to watch Game of Thrones, but I decided not to do that. So I actually did watch this game. Uh, very emotional. Ben Simmons is officially eliminated from championship contention. So there goes my Portland Philly uh, finals prediction. I was really confused. Uh, because at first it didn't look like it was going to go in, and then it just kept bouncing. <laughs> it was weird because Kawhi reacted and i didn't know what to do very emotional day game of thrones two game sevens the english Premier league ended yesterday big day big day yeah mother's day
0: mother's day yeah so i think the crazy part about that was is it's like one of those shots where it's like in these multiple 14 million different thanos universes like that easily doesn't go down (laughs) Just to tie into last episode, um, at the same time, maybe you could argue it's a little bit of Ben Simmons' fault. He didn't really, you know, obviously their plan was to double at the end, and they didn't double. He he backed I'm not, off. I'm
1: not, I'm not blaming Ben Simmons for that one. I'm oh, blaming, I'm, I'm blaming Ben Simmons the, the
0: whole time.
1: I'm blaming yeah. Embiid for getting in the way of Ben Simmons. billy it... <sighs> has got <sighs> a lot Can we of talk hard about how questions. Bad all right. I guess. we I mean, can we really talk about how bad the Sixers were the last three minutes of that game?
0: I was. I was about to say the same. It's like Philly's got
1: some real questions to answer with how they ended that game. Can Embiid and Simmons play on the same court? That, that's the biggest question, right?
0: Here's the crazy thing: is like Embiid never went back to the basket like for most of that game. Like maybe once or twice.
1: Yeah, but does it matter when you have Ben Simmons on the floor who... That's what I'm saying. ...is not helping to space out? Because Jimmy's clearly going to get the ball uh, towards the end of the game, right? He's the guy who can create a shot off the dribble. He's the clutch guy. So what do you do with Ben Simmons in the last six minutes of a playoff game?
0: that That's, like, the number one question that we need to answer as, like, a collective basketball community is, like... <laughs>
1: That's the number one question. For Not Philly. where does KD go? Okay, okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. In, in context to the series. But uh, it's like, okay, the dude is not a good you know foul line shooter. So that's step one. Uh, step two, his floor spacing sucks ass. I mean, he shot like, what is it, 30-something percent from outside the paint during the playoffs or something. So that's not good. And step three is... His defense is very questionable, I think. It kind of reminds me of LeBron's style of defense, where it's like... Ben Simmons? He was better in this series, but like the previous series, it was a little rough in my opinion.
1: Really? Well, okay, the first two are related by the fact that he is a reluctant shooter. I mean, typically, free throw shooting goes hand-in-hand with other types of shooting, three-point shooting mid-range, and I would completely disagree with you on ben simmons i think he played fantastic defense considering he's going against Kawhi, who was basically a one-man offense last night with what, like 40 shots ben simmons is a very good perimeter defender i think he's good but i don't think it's i, I think, think he's one of the i think he's definitely been one of the best defenders in the playoffs yeah. clay has been bad clay has been bad has been bad
0: this needs some in context
1: in terms of perimeter defenders, so uh, his who, one-on-one, like, I like. He's like, he's the best. He's the best perimeter defender on his team.
0: I, I like his one-on-one when he's guarding the guy with the ball, but whenever I see him on help side or like guarding someone that's not really in the play, I'm just, I'm just not seeing it. It's like the dude's got such good physical features and like obviously has like the mental wherewithal to kind of predict passes kind of like lebron does in a sense that he's like two or three steps away from could easily be of like you know top five all nba defense
1: he destroyed kyle lowry and pascal siakam in this series okay but he let's not
0: pretend that kyle lowry do. needs help being destroyed
1: but he okay would you say he's the best defender for philly i'm not saying
0: in the, in this particular series but i am saying like over the course of the year, like, in conclusion, he's not, like... All right, he's our best perimeter defender. <laughs> I'm putting it there. He's 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 really solid at times, and there's other times where I just am really sad, I guess. It's like, it feels like they're he kind of... He's not the most consistent about it, I
1: guess. I mean, that's just all of the entire Sixers team. They only won 51 games. They really should have been, like... Pretty much up there with the with the Bucks competing for the first place. Uh, so Benson is best defender for Philly. He's probably the third best defender in the Eastern Conference behind Giannis and Kawhi. Maybe Marcus Smart.
0: I'm gonna need a rain check on that one.
1: Just just run through the teams real quick. Milwaukee Giannis can clearly guard all five positions. Fantastic perimeter defender, fantastic help defender. But who else on that Bucks team is really good at actually defending? Malcolm Brogdon?
0: Yeah, I mean, he's pretty good.
1: But is Malcolm Brogdon better than Ben Simmons at defending? I don't think so. Because Ben Simmons has like another six inches on him. Then you go to Toronto. Kawhi is by far probably the best defender in the NBA. A uh, perimeter defender in the NBA. Uh
0: really you don't really think Tory Craig else. is the best perimeter defender in the NBA?
1: Well I was just going through the I was just going through the uh Eastern Conference. But uh I mean even if you expand it to the West, yeah, Tory Craig. Sure. I mean Gary Harris, sure. Clay Thompson has been pretty disappointing so far. Uh Katie has never really had perimeter defending skills. LeBron's past his prime. C B three is passed his prime.
0: BJ Tucker? Paul George. Trevor Riza.
1: So uh I'm not giving it to Trevor Reza. I, I I think really you're looking at Giannis Kawhi, Paul George has better perimeter defenders than Ben Simmons.
0: I uh, know I think uh, T J McConnell is a pretty good perimeter defender. But he just doesn't get enough playing time.
1: Well, yeah, because he, what the fuck is he going to do on offense?
0: And this is exactly the problem with the Sixers, is they have no bench. But surprisingly, their bench is actually
1: deeper than Toronto's bench.
0: Right, and that's got to be, like, the probably most surprising thing of this series is, like, you would have thought the, the 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 way the cards would have fallen going in would be, like, all right, Toronto's going to play the depth game because they kind of had a decent bench all season. You know, you got... Ibaka or like, um, you know, plenty of plenty of other guys. Fred, even sometimes. I mean, it seemed like Toronto obviously had the the like ten man roster, whereas Philly obviously has like a six man roster, and they just didn't play into that at all, which is kind of surprising to me.
1: Well, I mean, I think the big winner of the series is uh, load management. Because Toronto for games six and se- five, six and seven, basically turned into a one-man Kawhi team, and it totally paid off because he only played sixty games in the regular season. All that, all that rest, fully paid off for him to take fucking forty shots and hit a game winner. But the rest of Toronto, Jesus, do you hope that Malcolm Brogdon does not come back to this se- to the conference finals? If George Hill. Does exactly what he did to fucking Kyle Lowry. It's 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 done. <laughs> it's gonna be a five game five game gentleman sweep.
0: So I guess in your segue there, you're saying that it's gonna be Bucks and Six.
1: Is that what you're thinking? No, I'm saying I'm saying right now it would I would just say five games. Bucks have home court advantage. Wow, that's pretty brutal. Kyle Lowry is bad. Pascal Siakam was playing like Ben Simmons last night. He just refused to shoot. <laughs> He was near the basket, I counted four times, where he was in the paint and kicked it out.
0: I saw that a lot too. Weirdest fucking
1: decision ever. You don't make that fucking decision in a game seven.
0: It's weird. Yeah, it was like there's too much of this memo going on where it's like we're going to let Kawhi shoot it and only
1: Kawhi shoot it. (laughs) I I don't know if it was out of... He was the only guy that could get a bucket because both teams are horrendous in the first half from the field. Just abysmal shooting. It reminded me of a playoff game from like over a decade ago when nobody really gave a shit about effective field goal percentage. Mm-hmm. But I, right. I don't, I don't know. We're, we're. I'm actually probably more disappointed in Philly for losing that game than for Kawhi pulling it out and hitting a game winner. I mean, it was awesome, but it really did feel like Philly let this one slip.
0: I would have to agree with you on that one. If It kind of felt like, momentum-wise at least, I think Philly kind of had momentum going into Game 7. I mean, mostly because they won Game 6, but... Uh, it felt like, you know, Jimmy and Embiid and all those guys kind of clicked in Game 6 and looked like they had the gusto, in a sense, to really like want to win Uh, maybe it's something to do with you know we we talk about this attitude in the playoffs of like oh you have to come and beat us kind of deal like you see this with you know it's kind of what Houston kind of had versus Golden State Portland's got a lot of that swagger maybe we just don't see with Toronto because Kawhi is just this guise of flatness in emotionality it seems like except when he hits this game winner but i i, I don't know i i felt like Philly had the momentum and maybe it's some not going back to the basket maybe it's it didn't really feel like they exploited Ben Simmons it felt like he exploited himself almost i mean it... yeah
1: the the first the first uh reaction was that the Toronto playoff curse continued until Kawhi bailed them out so i guess, good move picking him up from San Antonio and making that trade. Um Because, basically, Toronto was hitting that same playoff wall that they always hit. Right, And then, I'm like 90% convinced that Embiid and Ben Simmons cannot play with each other.
0: Alright, so this leads us into the big questions for Philly this offseason. You obviously have four players that you need to pay. And Chances are you're probably only going to
1: keep two of them. So well, they've already paid Embiid, and Ben Simmons is still on the rookie. It's not. I mean, it's not really. It's really Jimmy Tobias on the bench,
0: and and Redick. Redick's on a one year.
1: Yeah, they should kick Redick out.
0: So, you, Redick so what's your what's awful. your play for Philly this offseason in terms of which pieces
1: they keep? Um, I see. See if they can keep Jimmy. I'd let Tobias Harris fucking walk, build up their bench, make try to make a move for Anthony Davis.
0: So you're still on this Anthony Davis bandwagon?
1: Yeah, I, I think they they can make a move with Ben Simmons being the package piece to get Anthony Davis. Imagine if they if the Sixers get Anthony Davis, Andrew Holiday, you keep Embiid, and you keep either one of Tobias Harris or Jimmy Butler.
0: So then your goal is you get rid of Simmons Redick and one of those other two guys for Anthony Davis. So I, mean, you clear the,
1: I mean, you just clean out the bench and you, you, you know, you get creative like Houston has with this past season where you, you're just pulling guys from random places and you know, you're going to get one or two guys in, in the, in the mid season kind of buyout market. That's what Portland did with Cantor and Rodney hood. Um, the Bucks did it with George Hill, uh, Miritich. So, uh, you know, I think you, you try and do enough to get somewhere where you have six guys and then you hope the last two playoff guys come through midseason acquisitions.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to go a little bit different right here. I think they should get rid of Jimmy. And I think if you're going to get rid of somebody else, I think you get rid of if I have to choose... Okay, let's put it this way. If you have to choose between Ben and Embiid right now, you can only keep one.
1: Which one do you keep? I mean, you know my guy is Ben Simmons, but they're not going to get rid of Ben Simmons. Like, they, they're they not going to keep Ben Simmons over Embiid. Embiid's, like, Embiid is probably going to finish top five MVP val- balloting.
0: Yeah, but he doesn't play that many games, and it's not because of load management.
1: Yeah, but when he does play, he's... One of the best players in the NBA.
0: So you're going to trade Ben Simmons somehow. You're going to lose him if you had to pick between those two. See, that's a tough choice. Like, honestly, it's a tough choice. I think I would, pick, I, like, right now, if I'm trying to, like, win now, right? So I you're
1: think... going to keep the guy with okay perimeter defense?
0: No, no but I'm not the
1: not... guy who has amazing interior defense? I'm
0: agreeing with you. I'm going to get rid of Ben. <laughs> because I think you got to win now, right? Because the East is... I mean, maybe this is a Bucks Dynasty or some shit, but we'll get into that later. But, uh, you know, it's it's a pretty open field, and you're, like, definitely there. Like, you've got... Uh, you've got, like, the experience factor now. I mean, let's take a mention at, you know, Embiid crying his ass off on the way to the locker room and even afterwards. I mean these like this whole team is under twenty five it seems like minus Jimmy and Tobias for the most part. So and Redick, but Reddick's probably I don't know if they keep Reddick at this rate. Um I mean this is like very like Ben's and Embiid's like defining career moments so far. And maybe we get some you know Mamba Venom on somebody next year who I mean you know, if I was gonna bet that on somebody, it'd probably be Embiid. But at the same time, it's like Ben's got so much more room to grow. It seems like, like if he, if he, if he's got the same Giannis thing where it's like, if he ever makes a jump shot work, it's like, oh geez,
1: like just hang your hat, you know. But if you have Anthony Davis, that takes the load off Embiid playing so many minutes and having such a high usage rate. I agree.
0: I think I don't think it'd be an awful fit. I just think it's hard to make that work and get you still need a point guard on this team if you don't like are you gonna run like simmons you know uh did you bring up cj mcconnell simmons ennis mike scott anthony davis
1: i'm saying you trade out simmons for anthony davis
0: andrew holiday you're getting him too
1: yeah I, i mean figure out a way to get drew holiday might as well you might as well get a fucking two guard. That's
0: so much that's so many pieces though. Like that's so much value, I think, that
1: I don't I don't think I don't
0: lot. think Ben and, and Tobias and Jimmy put together equals Drew Well plus they can't AD. trade
1: Jimmy and Tobias. Those are free agents.
0: Yeah, Drew. But you get what I'm saying. Like value wise, it's like you those three don't equal those two to me. I, that's all I'm saying. You can get a third team. Boston's gonna blow it up.
1: Get Boston involved.
0: Well, here we go with the uh, Boston involvement. So I heard a hot take on, I forget which radio TV program it was, but somebody was saying, oh man, Boston would still be in the playoffs if they had done the Kyrie for Anthony Davis trade like six months ago.
1: No, I disagree completely. Anthony Davis has had a very overrated NBA career so far.
0: I think it'd be much more exciting... I don't, I, I'm not a big fan of this Kyrie melodrama, but at the same time if you if you told me now you were going to make that trade, I'd say you got to throw me some more pieces besides Kyrie, right?
1: Like, Did Kyrie play his last game in Boston? Yes. Alright, so here's a hot take for you. Here's the hot take. Hey, mate. So the Brooklyn Nets have been in draft and free agent hell for five plus years because of the paul pierce kg contract uh trade right but danny age perfected execution everybody was all on board with this everybody's like what the fuck are their nets doing they're basically stuck in purgatory now the brooklyn nets are actually set up better than the celtics for the next decade and i guarantee they will sign Kyrie in the offseason
0: so you heard it here first, folks. Kyrie Irving is going to the Brooklyn Nets for six first-round picks.
1: No, no, he doesn't. No, they don't need a trade. Kyrie's a free agent.
0: You heard it here first, folks. They're getting him for six first-round picks <laughs>
1: yet again. You can't trade Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I honestly, it's weird. All right, so the other game seven was Portland-Denver. Uh Denver was up by 17 in the second quarter and they were one of the two best teams I believe at home all year. Yep. And they cratered um specifically Jamal Murray who very up and down this playoffs. And when he, they were down, Denver went down and ultimately Denver did go down.
0: It feels like we need to do a little more variety like as an NBA community a critical analysis of Jamal Murray himself Cause he's, Yeah,
1: it's too early Oh, well, he okay, like, so he's up, like he's up for contract.
0: He's up for contract cuz he's been around for
1: 3 years now. Um Yeah, but he's only up for his contract with Denver. He's not actually like up He's up for a contract extension with Denver. Yeah, yeah, but, 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 not, but not, not what's his agent?
0: value, you know, because what <laughs> the problem with this team is is you know, uh Jokic is their freaking point guard in a sense. I mean, Jamal Murray's basically like you know, JJ Redick. Two yeah, no, they just have
1: a bunch of two guards, yeah.
0: So I mean, would you rather have JJ Reddick over Jamal Murray? I mean
1: No, hell no. At least Jamal Murray is slightly better on, on defense. Could you ima- look how much they Portland was picking on Jamal Murray in game six. Could you imagine if that was JJ Reddick? Dude, I, but I think no you get the point
0: chance. I'm trying to make with the three point shooting, and no, actually, I, the, not really the, the not necessarily That's... amount of ball handling that you need to have. Like, like
1: you yeah, could get JJ away with not having a point guard on shot. that team. JJ can't create his own shot.
0: But you don't need Jamal to create his own shot.
1: Yeah, but I. But what do you do when Jokic is on the bench?
0: You have or, bench or players. You're playing against bench players. How do you not make your
1: shot against bench players? now i will always take a guard who can create their own shot versus a guy who can only uh spot up and shoot and plus jamal murray is like a decade younger than jj reddick
0: so 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 here here's where this
1: comes into play in terms of uh are you gonna give me like bullshit you know veteran experience type shit because no i was
0: about i I was about to transition to uh... i was gonna say
1: he was part of the sixers they choked part of the clippers they choked part of the magic imploded (laughs)
0: All I'm saying here is, is that, uh, speaking of older players, Paul Millsap is also up. They have been paying him a lot of money. Obviously, he missed, no, you know, not this year, but last year he was out with that broken thumb, which kind of killed their playoffs in a sense. I mean, Denver was looking really hot with him in, and then they lost him for most of the year, and uh, that's why they didn't make the playoffs last year for the most part, so... It's kind of surprising to me in this Portland series in particular that they didn't run through Millsap as much. And maybe it is because he's old. But I thought they had decent mismatches in the first couple games where they were playing people like Mo Harkless on Paul Millsap. It's like,
1: what the heck? Did you just put out a proposal that they should have been running through Paul Millsap? He had like,
0: what was he, like 2 of 13
1: the last game? Dude, what is up with your obsession with the 2015 Atlanta Hawks? <laughs> you to run offense this. through Paul Millsap in 2019.
0: I'm going to run this until it dies. The twenty fifteen Hawks.
1: They're going to have Michael Porter Jr. next year. Just There's give all those the Paul Millsap minutes. Michael Porter Jr. It'll be perfectly fine.
0: Yep, yeah, that's that's exactly what I was hoping you'd say. Because Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> the, Paul Millsap offense?
1: The fuck do you think he I, is? So Dr. So
0: what they should do is they should... Obviously, I think you should not resign him. You should go grab, you know, a stake in one of these free agents somewhere because you've got a bunch of cash, and now you've got some. I don't want to say spare two guards, but you have you have ways to deal around with those two guards to maybe get you a real player somewhere. I mean, I would
1: I would throw the money at Mike Conley. I, I would try to get Mike Conley. You think they need a point guard? Yeah, I, I think I think a point guard with Jokic actually would work a lot. I, I think the pick-and-roll. It Their pick-and-roll would dress. Look how the pick-and-roll works with the two-man game of Jamal Murray and Jokic. Now, imagine if you can do that another angle with Mike Conley and Jokic. And then you have Jim Murray and Jokic. You have much more interesting combinations. And Mike Conley, he's got your veteran experience. He brings in your three-point shooting. He's got still decent defense uh, at the guard position. Um, obviously his contract is pretty huge and he's old, but I think that's the way to go. Interesting. That wasn't, that wasn't the
0: take I thought you'd have. <laughs> what would I go with? Well, according to the uh, trade results here, that trade won't work, but uh, that's a different story for a different time. Hey. This, should always
1: make a trade work.
0: Speaking of Portland, kinda of transitioning gears here. So now Portland has to play Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. The Curry V Curry matchup we always wanted. Curry ball, let's go. The split jerseys, I better see those by all the family members.
1: Nah, I I think I think the parents are just gonna they're gonna one's gonna wear one, the other's gonna wear the other gear.
0: I would just wear the home team gear, I think. What do you do in game seven? You wear the home team gear.
1: Yeah, but then that's like uh, four times Seth, three times Seth. I mean, uh
0: Oh, yeah, one of them's older. I mean, that's kind of fair, right?
1: <laughs> what?
0: One of them's older and one more. I mean, it's kind of fair, right?
1: What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> one of them is older. <laughs> As if, like, they had a choice. The firstborn man. Uh Dame's poor shooting. Is he gonna continue into the conference finals? No,
0: nah, I don't think so. I think most of his poor shooting was due to uh defensive player of the year Torrey Craig and the defending the Denver <laughs> Packline defense.
1: Uh yeah, but now he's gonna get Clay. And Clay is gonna listen to our podcast and hear me shit about how bad its defense has been, and he'll turn it on. What do they do then? So then who guards CJ if you
0: say Clay guards Dame?
1: Or, I mean, come on, Steph, Iggy, I mean, um, I guess, K- do we know, do we know anything about KD? Is there a timetable for So KD this is the back? important
0: part, right? So KD obviously had that, um was it, calf strain, or calf sprain, sorry?
1: Yeah, something in his lower calf.
0: So he's definitely out game one. He's going to get reevaluated before game two. But they're saying that's likely he's out for game
1: two, so then the earliest to be back is game three. Oh, and that's usually the clinical KD game where Steph sucks ass, and KD has to bail them out. So that would be the perfect time to come back.
0: But then I guess you have an opening here now where you don't have KD in your first two games at home, which maybe can make up for it. But you know who the heck guards KD on Portland? Like, let's
1: be honest. It's going to be a mix of Evan Turner and Aminu.
0: Aminu would be my best bet. Aminu and Moe maybe.
1: Aminu, Mar- Moe Evan Turner. It's just going to be a constant rotation of those guys.
0: Now, we kind of had this matchup, you know, two years ago when they met up in the... First round. I think it was the second round, right? Because uh, Portland beat somebody.
1: Nah, it was the first round.
0: Oh, you're right, it was the first round. Yeah. And obviously they didn't have Seth Curry at the time, or Enos Kanter, which are huge game changers for this matchup. But uh, Golden State won that one pretty easily. I think it was a gentleman sweep, if I'm not mistaken?
1: No, it was a complete sweep. It was a 4-0, but it was, was a 4-0. three very close games. And then a blowout. And then the blowout, because, I mean, it's just the way you go when you're down 3-0. So do we
0: think that either Golden State is vulnerable slash regressed <laughs> enough or Portland has inc- improved enough to make this not a sweep?
1: Oh, I don't think it's going to be a sweep. I, I am—I don't really know what the answer is for them to beat Golden State unless Dame puts up like 2006 finals Dwayne Wade type of numbers where he just absolutely takes over a game four games in a row or something along those lines. And they have to, I think, win one of the first two games in Golden State. Otherwise, if they're down 2-0, they have to win four out of the next five. And that seems tough just because of the, how the math shakes out. It just seems like it's hard to beat them Golden State four times.
0: Yeah, that'd be really apart. hard, wouldn't it? man? So I think
1: they would have to win one of those first games at home.
0: Imagine if a team beat uh, them four times in a row. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> i who knows i i mean cj's been amazing um Cantor has been amazing playing with a fucking separated shoulder and fasting and all kinds of other shit um seth curry has given them their bench has actually been really good just overall their bench seth curry collins uh layman um evan turner injured in rodney hood yeah rodney Hood. i mean Portland, sneaky good depth, and obviously with Golden State, no depth, uh, really, and uh, no KD, so they're basically going to play six guys, um, and that might work, because now Steph Steph doesn't have to, um, you know, kind of defer to KD, he can kind of just shoot. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I, I I'm excited to see kind of, I hate calling it old school Golden State, but the pre-KD Golden State
1: kind of... I don't know. I think the pre-KD Golden State is gone. Because Livingston looks like he's on the verge of retiring. And Iggy is not the same. Or even Draymond. Yeah. No, it's it, Draymond's definitely not the three-point shooter he used to be. Um, do you think this injury to KD... If he isn't able to make it back at all for the playoffs... Oof. Does this prevent him from cracking the all-time top 12, top 15 players?
0: Well, it kind of depends on if they win one in New York next year, right? That that kind of, like, that's kind of a big deal, but uh, I would figure he's got to come back for game three. Like, that's, that's probably a must. Maybe game four if they win 3-0, like, or win 2-0. Um, I, you know, it sounds like it's a pretty mild strain, so I w- would say he's definitely back for the finals. I mean, is he 100%? Hmm, maybe not. Maybe he is, but... That team... say now, as compared to last year, it looks like they play... And KD also has just really taken it up on himself to really be KD. You know, he... Whatever Patrick Beverly gave him to, like realize he's KD again like it was perfect timing I guess
1: well I think KD is in a very similar situation with Kawhi where they're both free agents with one foot out the door but they're kind of the only lifeline to their respective teams uh, and you know Golden State doesn't really have a bench and Toronto's is kind of um, vanished and they've kind of had some underwhelming guard play So kind of very similar situations between Golden State and Toronto, which was probably the most likely finals outcome uh, before the playoffs even started Um, was probably even the betting favorites before the season began outside of maybe Boston, Golden State. Um, So what do you, what do you, what's kind of your recap on the Houston Golden State rivalry? You know, we had KD, who was really amazing on one side, and then we had James Harden, the red-eyed, bearded dragon, on the other.
0: Yeah, that's just pretty, pretty big bummer, really. I mean, you lose Game 7 without KD, your team kind of isn't so high. Game
1: 6. It didn't make it to a Game 7.
0: It, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know why I said Game 7. I guess all the other ones went to 7, so...
1: Anyways, uh, well, I mean, this is actually the first one that went to. The last year was the first one. and went to seven.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty disappointing. Like, that's almost majorly disappointing. Like, to the point where I would consider blowing it up. And this is something I'm pretty sure we talked about in the past where it's like, all right, if Houston fucks it up this year, do we, do we blow it up? Do we blow up the Chris Paul trade? Was that even a good trade at this point?
1: Can they what do you mean by blow it up? Who would they get rid of? Because right now Capella, Harden, and C B three are gonna tie up like almost a hundred million dollars. Well, but what team wouldn't want James Harden? So you're talking about trading
0: James Harden. You you empty the tanks, man. You go you go full tank mode.
1: Who okay, who in order to make a trade, you'd want somebody better. So who's gonna be better than James Harden that they could get in a trade? Zion Williamson. All right, I'm being fucking like, serious here. Like who would who could they actually get that would be considerably better? LeBron James. Banana boat. You, you would you would rather have LeBron right now than Harden? Neither one plays defense. Remember this. Yeah, neither so one you, plays defense. So you have defense. to basically go only off offensive numbers.
0: So there's obviously probably someone else in there with LeBron, right? Like it's LeBron plus a pick or something. Or is it Harden plus uh, a pick? Like, there's, there's more. Than, it's not just a one for one. Obviously, it's like a Mellow Denver trade where it's like Mellow goes away and they get like six things in return.
1: No, no, no. But like the Mellow Denver trade was com- like just a botched idea by the Knicks. There was no need. Like that was a trade that never needed to happen because he was about to be a free agent. But like, LeBron's under contract. Harden's under contract. You actually, I mean, Anthony Davis is kind of the only other move, right? Yeah, everybody else is a free
0: agent I, I mean that's just what I think I think if you're Houston you're like okay well this is another Golden State Dynasty now maybe you can have the mindset of Katie's going, Clay's going Draymond's gone Golden State's fucked and maybe this is like oh now it's our year now that Golden State's gone we couldn't match them punch for punch so now we're gonna try and take the throne when they're gone but the problem with that is of course Denver, Portland all these other guys so, if you
1: get rid of Harden, what, what team are, are, you, are you building in Houston that would even remotely give you a chance at winning the title? You aren't. You're
0: going full tank. Are you getting 17 Whoa. picks for
1: Harden? But you're still stuck with the Capella and CB3. Mo- like, if you're going to blow it up, you got to get rid of everybody. There's no point paying Capella, like, $100 million tank
0: another team would love capella man are you kidding me small ball five yeah
1: i don't i don't think he can play small ball five i think we learned that from the golden state series he cannot play a small ball five he got run right off the floor
0: last year he did not though
1: yeah he did he definitely did kind of like last year as well pj tucker played the five last year
0: right because they didn't have a reason yeah I feel I feel like a, a, a Capella isn't that bad of a deal. What playoff team
1: would want Capella?
0: I mean, I think uh, Portland would like Capella right now. Apart from maybe the Lakers. Lakers aren't a playoff team?
1: Uh, well, I mean, assumed to be a playoff team. <laughs> well, you're assuming a lot there. <laughs> Why would Portland... Portland has Nurkic. No, they don't. Nurkic has a broken leg. Yeah, but he'll be back. Like, I mean, you're not going to get Capella in time for this Golden State series. Everything you're talking about is for next year anyway.
0: I don't know. You hope that, like, the Wizards do something stupid and bite on this trade somehow. Like, I I, I don't know. It just feels like, to me, like, you have two mindsets if you're Houston. You're either saying, Golden State's going to blow up. We're going to right be right back here next year with a one-year-older Chris Paul. We're fucking maxed out on contracts, so we can't do shit anyways. And we're just going to run it back. Or... You're like me and you say, all right, we're just going to blow the whole fucking thing up. The ship and all of the crew and even the tires off the boat. And we're just going to pray for the next 12 years to go okay.
1: All right, can I give you a third option?
0: Third option, they, move the team to Seattle.
1: A third option, they double down on running it back and committing to a huge spike in the luxury tax. They signed Kevin Durant. So, speaking of Kevin Durant, will he be back like, for... Like, don't you think Harden and KD looked at each other on the court and were just like, man, this fucking sucks. I'm carrying my team, you're carrying your team. Wouldn't it just be better if we teamed up again, but this time we didn't have Westbrook? The only problem I have with that
0: is n- no one blew a 3-1 lead in those series, so KD obviously isn't going to go anywhere. <laughs> That's clearly what? the rule.
1: <laughs> what are you talking about? None of this makes any sense.
0: Okay, so you blow in the three-one lead to uh, Golden State, and then yeah, how that?
1: Games? How do that? How is that relevant to Harden?
0: Oh, it's relevant to KD. I don't know how the fuck it's relevant to Harden. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's just KD's uh, pocket rule. He's got to blow a three-one lead to your team, and then he'll go there. Who knows? Maybe it is. Maybe it's in his in the soles of his sneakers every game. And never forget. Speaking of forgetting, we haven't talked about the Bucks enough yet. The number one seed in the entire NBA.
1: Yeah, but that's because they're cruising. Yeah, it's I true. I mean, they're starting Giannis at the three, Miritich at the four, and Lopez at the five. They They went ultra big and just absolutely murdered Boston on that.
0: Yeah, they're the only team that hasn't really been tested yet.
1: They exploited the... Uh, defensive versatility of Boston's, I don't even know what you call them, like forwards, swingmen, Of like Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Tatum. The six Chris sevens. Lawrence. I mean, they basically just killed that idea by throwing out Giannis at the three and Lopez at the five and stuffing Miritich in between and then Miritich and Lopez basically playing stretch fives, Giannis playing an inverted five, even though he's a small forward technically in the lineup and Boston, just they, they couldn't go any bigger, and it's not like they're going to improve defensively with Marcus Smart being out. And you can't play Aaron Baines and Horford for like huge amounts of time, because their best lineups are when they go small ball.
0: Yeah. So I think off of that metric, and off of everything we've said, so right now we've got the matchups of Golden State Portland and Bucks Raptors. We said Golden State in six, I believe.
1: We didn't give a Bucks-Raptors one, though. Oh, well, I mean, no, I said Bucks. If if Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam continue to be this fucking awful, it's going to be five games for the Bucks. Golden State-Portland, I don't even know about that one. I think that's going seven. Do you think Golden State in seven
0: and then Bucks in five?
1: Yeah, but it all depends on Pascal Siakam.
0: The X-Factor?
1: Well, it's not even an X-Factor. It's just, I mean, an X-Factor is kind of like a guy that could actually just kind of swing a series, but he's not really swinging it. It's just, like, you. he should be there. Like, it's more of, if he at this point, if he doesn't show up, it's a choke. It's not like an X-Factor. Like, an X-Factor is like a George Hill, where it's, you know, when he plays, it's great. And it's like, if he doesn't play, you're not really counting on him to give you great minutes or, like... You know, 15 points off the bench. But if he does, that's amazing. But Pascal Siakam, I think we've come to the conclusion that we expect 18 points out of this guy. Yes, I so think so. So if he doesn't get you 18 points, that's no longer like an X factor. That's just a guy who's Eric sewing his way through the league.
0: Well, I'm gonna have to give the other estimate of Golden State in six, and then Bucks in six for the meme sake. What is a meme? The old Bucks and Six meme from the Miami days.
1: I have no idea what you're talking about right Okay. Now. Well, anyway. obscure part of NBA Twitter are you
0: on? A obscure part of NBA history from almost 10 years ago. But uh, uh by the way, so let's... Who was,
1: watching, who was watching the Miami Heat in 2009 or Milwaukee in 2009?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> uh So anyway, so now we've said uh Golden State and Bucks pretty much as our title run. So... Looking two steps ahead,
1: what do you think about that? Uh, I don't know. It's too early to really think about it. Because I really, gut feeling tells you Toronto and Golden State are the ones that really hash out. I would love to see Giannis uh, be there on like the big stage because he's a guy who plays offense and defense. Um, obviously Kawhi does as well, but Giannis is a little bit more uh, extroverted. Uh, but you would expect that Kawhi is probably the best player in the series. And typically, if you've got the best player, you can kind of pull things out of his ass. I mean, we just saw that with the Sixers series. So, All right, last
0: question. Not trying to predict who's actually going to win, but what's the hypest matchup?
1: Is it? Oh, it would have been Portland-Philly. I mean, God damn, could you imagine Portland-Philly?
0: But Philly's gone now, so who is it going to be? Is it going to be the Bucks or the?
1: <laughs> oh, it's it's anything with Portland. That's so Portland. Uh, it, it'd be Portland, Milwaukee. I think. It's Although Portland, that Milwaukee. would that would absolutely wreck the NBA's ratings. Two small market teams with obscure stars. You're gonna have all these like sixty plus year old white men being like, "Genus, Ambala <laughs> versus. Like some fuckers from Portland. I mean, it's just gonna be, it 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 would it would not go well with uh, the ratings.
0: I think I would love to see it just to see how many times Giannis guards Lillard, like on an island for like some pick and roll switch or something. Like that'd be pretty hype to see.
1: Uh, another question I have is Embiid or Jokic.
0: I'm rolling with my boy Jokic still. I picked him in fantasy the past three years, and he hasn't let me down once. So I'm going with Jokic all the way. Needs to lose some Uh, weight, though. I agree with that.
1: (laughs) Uh, Is the banana boat crew officially washed now that CP3 has been eliminated from playoff contention?
0: What solidified this fact for me in my mind was when they were doing the NBA on TNT crew after the game, after Kawhi's shot, and they show all the tweets from all the NBA players and it literally went Wade, LeBron, CP, mellow in order. I'm <laughs> like, there's the banana boat. <laughs> so that that that's what that's what that's why I come to that conclusion that they have Gilligan's Island into themselves.
1: Is Jimmy Butler underrated? um i know that you and i have been having a discussion about like a jimmy for clay type of trade and i've been very adamant that this would never fucking happen because clay is significantly better but um i want to give you your your due so feel free to take the soapbox and uh, hash it out to our listeners that for why you think jimmy for clay makes any sense
0: so the the 95 percent of the reason i'm picking jimmy for clay is solely off of Pick and roll ball handling and isolation scoring. (laughs) Like let's say if I don't have like like if I have a team of like literally you know, LA fitness crew, would I rather have Jimmy on my team or Clay
1: on my team? I think I'm gonna pick Jimmy. Yeah, but if you're trying to win a title, which is what most of these guys are hired to do. Whoa, that that's saying a lot, hold on. It's a very, it's it's a very justifiable question. You know, I, I, that that's
0: where that's where I roll it on. That's that that's ninety five percent of my argument is if I'm gonna have like this uh, kind of like Dame and CJ, where both guys can handle the ball, do pick and roll, kind of score. You know, Dame's obviously the three point threat, and CJ's like the mid range threat. Okay, so neither of them are like fantastic on defense obviously. But barring the defense aside, um I know Jimmy and Clay are like relatively close on defense. I think Clay's better obviously, but it's not like Jimmy's leagues worse than him. So you're he's saying
1: whole, He's he's definitely a tier below Clay.
0: Yeah, right. And I think I think Clay's a tier below Jimmy in terms of pick and roll and playmaking. What so uh, I mean, that's that's the trade-off I'm making in my brain.
1: No, the thing I'm really struggling to wrap my head around is the most part of the decade, the, the best backcourt has basically been kind of Steph and Clay jump-shooting backcourt. And then Portland was basically the second closest with Dame and CJ, and a lot of it was how could Portland build a backcourt like Golden State? And I like how you're you're sort of trying to throw it the other way. It's like how can Golden State build a backcourt as good as Portland?
0: Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's the that's Portland. the trend I'm going
1: for because I am
0: <laughs> the reason I'm I got on this train was you know KD went out for that game, and there's times where it's like Clay gets the ball in the wing, like he doesn't have a three, and you see him like he kind of has those one or two or three like drive moves he does, and it just doesn't look elite to me like it, it doesn't I it mean it works but it's
1: not it's kind of like watching like uh, clay saved that game though steph didn't score a point until after halftime yeah that's true golden state does not win game six unless clay is in that game
0: but if jimmy was in that game could they win that game
1: yeah but could jimmy ever do what clay did in game six of the 2016 western conference finals
0: no, because uh, Jimmy's not in the West.
1: He was. At that time, he was in Minnesota. At he actually time. could have done that.
0: At that time, yeah. I mean, I'm saying now he couldn't, but yeah.
1: Well, I mean, that's why I said 2016. I prefaced the whole thing by saying 2016.
0: You mean lose the finals?
1: At least he's been. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy no. Jimmy Butler has never made it to a conference finals, right? Well, was he on that d-rose bulls team
0: yeah i think he was a rookie that year wow the, oh. the year where they go toe-to-toe with miami for the eastern yeah Finals. yeah i'm talking about
1: like 2011 was he on that team by then i think or so was he still in college uh,
0: he might have been in college the 2012-er he might be a 2012-er i can't believe i don't remember this
1: yeah aren't you supposed to be the bulls fan
0: it's a long time ago, dude. I've it's had a lot like of emotional scarring goal. since then. I've just kind of blocked out that timeline. Now that Derrick Rose is in Minnesota, it's like
1: I'm just saying. I I, I think it it seems like you're putting together a roster that includes Paul Millsap, Cephalosian, Jimmy Butler, and, and Kyle i I'm, confu- I'm very confused <laughs> because it's no longer 2006.
0: <laughs> I'm saying it's not. A, it's not like it's not a terrible exchange i mean like clay's no better. no it's
1: it's a, it's a terrible exchange it makes no sense like i think clay you have to give significantly up more better on offense
0: like okay clay's... so so if you're making this like work in real life right if you're if you're philly you've got to give up like jimmy plus one to get clay like i think that's the fair trade well, you,
1: I mean, okay well you can't really trade jimmy
0: right you can't but like value wise it's like all right clay equals jimmy plus something right <laughs> and that's
1: plus something isn't huge it is clay is significantly better on offense uh has a much less mileage on his legs has never had as many significant injuries as jimmy butler not a head case like jimmy butler plays better defense is a better team player and can fit into a system better what exactly does jimmy butler have
0: great hairdo Uh, amazing youtube channel uh, less has, toaster means. Uh,
1: he has a smaller Chinese uh, following.
0: That's true, but that's solely off of winning the championships. That doesn't count. Um,
1: exactly, he's won championships multiple. Yeah,
0: but that was because they had Katie and Steph, like unanimous MVPs. I mean, he
1: had Derek
0: Rose. <laughs> if you, if you take the system and the and the MVPs away, I mean, it's it's a well, even comparison. Well, you're taking
1: basketball away from the guy that plays basketball. I mean.
0: All right, all right, so let's, let's boil it down to this mythical case that won't actually decide anything. They're playing one-on-one to 11. How does that game go?
1: Uh, Clay's going to win it because he's just going to bomb away from threes. And threes are more than twos, Matt.
0: <laughs> and the rule of ones and twos, that is the statistically better option. Speaking of statistics, the NBA lottery is tomorrow. And statistically, New York, Cleveland, and Phoenix have a 14% chance to get the number one pick.
1: Chicago not that far behind at 12 and percent
0: Yep. so Chicago's at 12 Atlanta's at 10 Washington at nine Minnesota at three the Lakers at two uh we have a three-way tie of the Pelicans Memphis and Dallas at six percent uh, Hornets one Char- percent yeah Charlotte Miami Sacramento at one percent so uh in what world does Cleveland end up with a number one first round pick with LeBron not there again and we scream conspiracy at Dan Gilbert
1: did you just ask me what are the odds when we just said the odds out loud?
0: Well, it's a hundred percent when LeBron's not on the calves. <laughs> oh, okay, and they good. Suck. We're doing some we're doing some <laughs> bullshit
1: like Bayesian statistics.
0: <laughs> so so I was doing actually doing some mock drafts today. Um and obviously like whoever's number one's gonna take Zion. Like that's unanimous across the board. No matter is who it? the fuck you are. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like it actually is. Like for all of these teams that could get number one, it is.
1: I don't know, man. <sighs> so I don't know that kid, that kid out of Duke, man. Not Zion, not Cam Reddish, R.J. Barrett. He looks like the next heir apparent to Paul Millsap. I would so take that guy.
0: That's that's where it gets interesting. Is this two, three, and four spot? So it's it's, uh, Ja, um, Ja Morant, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish. Uh, the Culver guy from Texas Tech. Like, that number four spot, like, okay, so we, we have this, like, obviously tier one Zion, but, like, this tier two is pretty unique based on who gets that two, three, and four pick. Like, actually, there's a lot of volatility in those three, even though it's the same four guys for the most part, four or five guys.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't really matter because the only somewhat smart team and kind of the, you know, if, if it's projected that, like, the Knicks go one. Um, they can or, like, easily Cleveland screw it up is what you're whatever. saying. Well, what I'm saying is the other teams that you have would be, like, Phoenix and Chicago, who do not have a good track record of uh, drafting particularly well Correct. in order to have instant success. Um Phoenix obviously getting a new GM. Uh, Chicago getting a new coach. Atlanta's kind of the only one that might actually – uh, select based on fit as opposed to just best available talent, um, and then you end up with Washington, where Washington's like just fucked no matter what. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then after that, it's like, well, you know, you got obvious rebuilds in like Memphis and Dallas, and somehow Boston, I think, is thrown somewhere in there because they might get those picks. And um, New Orleans, like New Orleans, is kind of the only other interesting one because it's like, well, if they have the number one pick and Anthony Davis. Uh, I don't know exactly who they could get in a trade because what's of equal trade value to the number one pick and yeah, Anthony Davis?
0: That's a six percent. I mean, that's not like terrible odds. I mean, six percent no, no, yeah. is bad, I mean, I mean, but it's not worse, like, right? yeah. I mean, I
1: mean, uh, you know, ninety what ninety two Magic, exactly. Um, who whiffed and got Penny Hardaway instead of Chris Webber? Or the Bulls that had like uh, what
0: was it? like a 2% chance to get Derrick Rose at number one or something like that. I don't remember that. Uh, anyways, so the first year where they kind of even up the f- the number one spot in terms of kind of equalizing percentages, kind of this anti-tanking rule by Adam Silver. So, of course, when it happens and if shit goes weird, uh, that will definitely be a big review on his part in terms of was this a good rule to add? Should we keep changing it? You know, all sorts of things. Not to mention, as soon as this goes down, people are going to mock draft the fuck out of it, as will I. And then we can actually come up with some really interesting off-season trades because no longer does this Boston first-round pick seem so amorphous, you know, actually be kind of boiled down to two to three players or, you know... Like you said, maybe Chicago gets the number one, and they fuck it up and take someone else. I mean, you know, there's a reasonable amount of incompetence, and that's the reason why some of these teams are so low. Um, speaking of which, uh, summer league games actually start just as soon as July. By the way, July 1st actually, there's a Salt Lake City summer games, summer league games. Uh, tickets are ten dollars a day, baby. I'm fucking going, baby. Uh
1: they also have some Chinese and African teams participating this year. So it's a good way of scouting talent. Yeah, it's... So that way you can write your uh your think piece on the next Pascal Siakam or the you know, some great Chinese find. Exactly.
0: And now I can actually scout them out in person for ten dollars a day. I get three games. <laughs> Lower both seats. <laughs> it's all about making content. I'm gonna illegally film the whole thing. Uh, speaking of illegally filming, if you enjoyed this filming of Hard in the Paint podcast, you can find us, of course, at the emails below, uh, in the description. We always love your questions, comments, and concerns. Uh, we'll be back, of course, later this week with the lottery results, as well as game one takeaways, of course, as we've seen this year, game ones don't seem to mean a whole lot in the grand scheme of things, but nonetheless, with people like Katie out, it could be a big deal. And, of course, big thanks to Lays for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. And, uh, Michael, is there anything you'd like to say to the people before we go? Fucking Paul Mills have. Are you fucking kidding me? Hey, uh, so Detective Pikachu is actually not a terrible movie, by the way. <laughs> uh, you get some sick Pokemon cards when you go see it in theaters. Oh boy, dude. What's the uh, trade value on those? They're like a dollar a piece, but whatever. I saw it for $6, so I made my money back. Um, You know, it's a nice, short, sweet movie. Uh, You don't really have to watch Pokemon to understand it, but kind of having a basic concept really helps, Uh, especially the Generation 1 stuff. The CG's really good. Ryan Reynolds carries the movie. Um, The plot's pretty simple, and it's really fast-paced. Like, there's almost no downtime in the movie, which is kind of crazy.
1: It's it's a kid's movie, right? So it's going to be like in and out like 90 minutes right
0: yeah you know i'm still in the end game hangover where like each scene is (laughs) epic and long and all important um you know this is about half the half the total length of that movie so
1: you know we actually have a really good run of movies coming up uh john wick three coming out later this week yeah that's pretty fucking hype uh followed by i think x-men is in the pipeline this month uh hobbs and shaw the Fast and Furious spinoff. A Tarantino movie. Uh, It, number two. Or It, part two.
0: Yeah, dude, I've been making bank on going to these Sunday morning shows where it's, like, totally empty because everyone's at Mormon church. And the tickets oh. are, like, six bucks. It's great.
1: Is there a Mormon theater? Is there, like, Mormon-based content out there? Not,
0: Not in terms of, like... I mean, I guess a little bit.
1: I I, I guess, like, I'll put it like this. So, like, uh, out here, like, near Chapel Hill, right? This is, like, the highest amount of Indians outside of um, the major cities on the East Coast. Uh, And there's, like, you know, specific theaters that just show Indian, like, films all the time. Like, Bollywood shit.
0: Oh, no, no.
1: Is there (laughs) Mormon-specific? No, we don't don't have Uh, much of
0: that. Basically, the most Mormon-specific stuff we have is there's, like, Mormon
1: restaurants. Kind of like Jewish restaurants. Can you try to find if there's like a Mormon Basketball League and then get in that? Some Infiltrate it and then
0: forge a I bunch mean, of exactly. documents. It's not really infiltrating. <laughs> put a bomb in my car and then... Okay. Speaking of that, 9-11 was a conspiracy. Oh, and with that, we'll see you on the flip-flop.